As he lay dying on the deck, his final question embodied devotion that sails with every Coast Guardsman. Did they get off? <laughs> well, I don't know why I no comment needed, right? <laughs> Some unfortunate choice of wording there. <laughs> I'm so scared in case I fall off oh, my chair. Oh, brother. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. <laughs> Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Here I am. Yes, I'm stuck in the From Pacifica Radio in... Rocky Los Angeles. This is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, and 99.5 in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. I know a lot of people wondered where the hell is Ridgecrest. I bet they know now. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, and Eugene's KEPW. Out in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Grand Rapids on WPRR, New Orleans on WHIV. In Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN. Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX. In Janesville, Wisconsin on WADR. And Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe for you every day on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk, amongst other fine affiliates. Blanketing Planet Earth, five days a week. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. We got, uh, boy, a busy show uh, after a busy weekend. And so uh, let's start here. Donald Trump's 4th of July salute to America's violent and deadly militaristic past, present, and future. On the steps of the Lincoln Monument, where actual peace activists and civil rights heroes like Martin Luther King once called for peace and kindness rather than celebrating violence and death. Well, that all went off very, uh, well, relatively smoothly on the nation's Independence Day last week, though it included a few odd references to American troops taking over airports during the Revolutionary War, the Continental Army taking over airports, right? Before, of course, there were any such thing as, you know, airplanes. Trump favorably name-checked those courageous civil rights pioneers who broke the law in the 1960s by sitting at the Woolworths lunch counter. I can only imagine what he would do if that happened today. Good thing those guys at the lunch counter did not kneel instead uh, of, of sitting there to their, uh, you know, when objecting to their unequal treatment. Am I right? Trump also name-checked Frederick Douglass twice, but did not otherwise say a word about him or who he was or what he did. He mentioned Harriet Tubman, presumably as another civil rights hero, but didn't mention that his own administration has blocked her from appearing on the $20 bill as previously scheduled by the previous administration. 
And the speech naturally concluded with the Battle Hymn of the Republic, a salute to God and war, which includes the lyrics, by the way, in the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. Always nice for an otherwise secular holiday celebration using taxpayer money siphoned from entrance fees to our national park so that Trump could celebrate himself. Always nice to uh, throw in Christ when you can, uh, since, uh, well, that's the celebration that he gave himself since few others wanted to celebrate him. Desi Doyen, yes. And it did not take long for his uh, campaign to to edit together a nice 2020 oh, yeah. presidential campaign commercial out of, of all of that footage that the taxpayers paid for. Of course, that's what it was for. So you had a shot of Donald Trump in front of the Lincoln Memorial. But anyway, that was just the kickoff for an insanely busy Long news weekend that continues today and about which I welcome your calls on any and all matters in a little bit at 818-985-5735 if you'd like to queue up now. And as the Department of Justice flipped its its position, announced last week that it was abandoning the quest to add a question on the on citizenship to the 2020 U.S. Census after Trump called that Uh, confirmation that they were not going to add that question. That confirmation came from both the Department of Justice and the Department of Commerce. Donald Trump took to Twitter to call it fake and said, yes, we're moving ahead anyway in a tweet, which left the DOJ uh, lawyers scrambling to explain the administration's new position to a federal judge. So on Sunday, the entire DOJ legal team who had been defending the matter uh, for months but who had conceded that they had lost after the Supreme Court came down with their ruling, that whole legal team has now been replaced in a disturbing sign of the Trump times. But that's what you get from a president who is inept and uniquely dysfunctional and whose presidency, quote, could end in disgrace. That is uh, not me talking there. These are not it's not unusual for me to say something like that. But of course, those are the leaked words of the British ambassador to the U.S. over the weekend. We also had the awesome U.S. women's soccer team uh, winning their second World Cup in a row, their fourth overall, despite personal attacks from the inept and uniquely dysfunctional president of the United States, who they didn't seem to care for much either. Republican Tea Party Congressman Justin Amash announced over the weekend uh, holiday that he is leaving the GOP as he continued his calls for Trump's impeachment as one of the most effective voices in either major party, frankly, to be doing so. And he is holding Democrats, specifically Nancy Pelosi, accountable for not doing so. I hope to have a little bit more on that a little bit later today. What else is going on? Well, billionaire hedge fund manager and Trump pal Jeffrey Epstein was arrested and charged with sex trafficking in Manhattan over the weekend. He was arraigned on Monday in federal court. He has pled not guilty uh, to two charges of sex trafficking. That after years of questions about an earlier plea deal that he received from Donald Trump's current labor secretary, Alex Azar, who was at the time a, the federal prosecutor that gave Epstein a sweetheart plea deal back in 2008, unlawfully failing to notify Epstein's dozens of alleged victims, many of them underage, as young as 14 years old. 
But in 2002, which is the beginning of the time period for which Trump uh, for which Epstein is being uh, charged today for sex trafficking, Donald Trump had described Epstein as, quote, a terrific guy. He told New York Magazine in 2002 that uh, Epstein is, quote, a lot of fun to be with. It is even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do. And many of them are on the younger side. Trump quipped back in 2002. And in more nonstop news, Iran announced on Monday that it is now exceeding uranium production limits previously set by the landmark nuclear treaty struck during the Obama administration. That move comes in response to Trump pulling out and breaking the deal in May of last year that had severely limited the Islamic Republic's nuclear production. In a deal that all agreed they were, in fact, abiding by until now, since, uh, well, thanks to Trump breaking that deal. And yes, the 2020 Democratic presidential campaign continues amidst all of this. And as we're driving to the studio today, haven't even got to look at the story yet, but uh, apparently Congress is now subpoenaing some of Donald Trump's businesses for information as they try try as they might, to get some accountability from this president. Oh, yeah, it was also um, 90 degrees, 90 degrees in Fairbanks, Alaska over the weekend. Not strange at all, as the administration continues to bury and otherwise censor climate science that is needed to help us face our worsening climate crisis. And, oh, yeah, out here in Southern California... We experienced two of the strongest earthquakes in about 20 years. Did you feel it? Uh, I know our listeners in Ridgecrest and China Lake certainly felt it, as I did as well, by the way, uh, at least the second one, all the way out on the coast near Santa Barbara in a very confusing 30 seconds of feeling like I was suddenly on a boat out of nowhere, even though I was just sitting there. Very strange. Des, you, you didn't feel it at all, I No, guess. I didn't feel it at all. But I do want to point out that that— You're not very sensitive. I just want to point that out. But <laughs> that that yes. Anchorage heat wave, to get back yeah. to yeah. climate change, yeah. that is definitely a fingerprint of climate change. This is—Anchorage uh, uh, has hit 90 degrees or higher for four days, five days in a mm. row now. That has never happened before, and each successive day has broken the previous day's record. And, of course, there was also uh, four inches of rain in Washington, D.C. over one hour. Am yeah. I Right about that. One yes. hour on the, National the day. Weather Service. Yeah. Yes, the National Weather Service issued a, a warning of life-threatening flooding because of this four inches in one hour in an area that already has trouble with uh, floodwaters and uh, controlling heavy downpours. On the same day, by the way, that Donald Trump gave an environmental speech about how the U.S. is leading the world when it comes <laughs> to the environment, which I know we'll cover on tomorrow's broadcast on yeah. the Green News Report. Yep. So you know all of that, just your regular old slow mid summer holiday news weekend. I'm happy to talk with you about any and all of that when we open our phones at 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK, especially any listeners out in our uh, listening area near Ridgecrest. Um, I know that there's uh, a lot of folks who uh, felt that 
earthquake. It was quite terrifying, 7.1 over the weekend. Um, So I want to hear from any and all of you out there about any or all of those things I just mentioned. But there is another story that I want to try and fit in here very quickly with a guest, as I was forced over the past week or two to sort of push this off due to other breaking news. But now this one is getting quite serious and coming up before the California State Assembly this week in a measure that could ultimately affect the entire country which often follows what California does, affect not just the country, but the lives and deaths, deaths of millions of Americans. Let me start here. In a new Suffolk University USA Today poll out just before the holiday last week on the 2020 Democratic presidential contenders and the mood of the Democratic-leaning electorate, They found that those surveyed said that the most important issue affecting their support of the various presidential candidates on the Democratic side is health care. That was named by nearly three in 10 who were asked in the survey. Other top issues include, yes, climate change, immigration and income inequality, two issues that often determine the presidential elections economy and national security. They only scored in in, digit, in a single digit. So health care was the top named priority. But as with the electorate last year, health care is maybe on the minds of all Americans, certainly all Democrats, which makes this story out of San Francisco last week and now moving into the California State Assembly even more troubling, at least to me, in my opinion. And I'm fairly certain Uh, to the opinion of my guest who is standing by. Uh, Last week, San Francisco Mayor London Breed signed an ordinance that effectively bans all e-cigarette sales within the city of San Francisco. It's the first of its kind in the U.S. Now, regular, old, harmful, deadly cigarettes, they're not banned. Just the far safer electronic versions that don't contain the poisons and the chemicals that actually, you know, kill you from tobacco cigarettes. That despite the fact that half a million Americans die from smoking related deaths each year in this country. None of them are killed by the use of electronic cigarettes more accurately known as vaping. This comes after the city's Board of Supervisors passed uh, this measure unanimously about two weeks ago to ban these devices in San Francisco, at least the sale of these devices. The ordinance says, quote, no person shall sell or distribute an electronic cigarette to a person in San Francisco unless that product has undergone pre-market review by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Now, to date, none of these devices actually have. The FDA has put off its previously planned pre-market review until 2022, I believe, leaving only a mountain of existing science, actual science, from around the world, almost all uniformly finding that vaping is a far safer alternative to cigarettes and the most effective way for many to quit smoking entirely. By the way, I am one such person who, after smoking several packs a day for decades, was able to quit literally overnight thanks to vaping. That, despite such esteemed medical institutions, uh, such as the uh, UK's Royal College of Physicians, they were one of the first of uh, one of the earliest to sound the alarms of the dangers of tobacco dead uh, decades ago. Now, the UK Royal College of Physicians 
Physicians has noted that vaping is at least 95% safer than smoking cigarettes, and they are recommending the use of vaping as a smoking cessation tool for any and all smokers. And yet, up in San Francisco, the Democrats who run that state are doing the exact opposite. Uh, This is, you know, in otherwise liberal San Francisco, where Democrats are in charge and they claim to be concerned about health care for all the health care, the very lives of, I would think, half a million Americans a year would be important to them. Nonetheless, that is being ignored for some reason that I really, truly don't understand. No matter how much I try to, no matter how much, how many actual scientific reports I actually read, not the reporting on the reports, but the actual science, which is quite clear on the benefits of e-cigs. This is alarming to me. It's alarming to me, particularly that you've got Democrats who are trying to make it more difficult for Americans to quit smoking despite the number of lives that can be saved. The alarming first in the nation ban, and this is a ban, as I understand it, in San Francisco, includes a ban on not only brick and mortar stores selling these things, but also on online uh, sales that are shipped to a San Francisco address. So you can't even buy them online. The ordinance also applies to flavored tobacco products in addition to e-cigarettes. The measure does not ban the use of vapes among uh, people who are 21 and older, though how will they be able to get any of them if they can't buy them at the store or order them through the mail? That's unknown to me. Mayor Breed's signature comes even as she admits she does not know what the health impacts are for vaping. She told CNN there is, quote, so much we don't know about the health impacts of these products, but we do know that e-cigarette companies are targeting our kids in their advertising and getting them hooked on addictive nicotine products. Well, maybe, but while nicotine is addictive, it's about as harmful as caffeine, according to most studies, and is not the stuff in cigarettes that kills you in tobacco cigarettes which e-cigarettes do not have. Moreover, this ban doesn't target sales to kids. It targets sales to everyone, including folks like me who do not smoke today, haven't had one in years, thanks to vaping. Meanwhile, the California State Assembly is now trying to get in on the action as well through a a bill uh, that is moving through several bills that are moving through the assembly that don't appear to be quite as draconian. I could be wrong. Either way, it would still make it uh, harder for smokers to quit smoking by turning to vaping. Over the years, we have had lawmakers on this show admitting that they were not aware of any science warning that vaping kills. We've had scientists, including one who said, uh, after reading all the science on this, that he would prefer to have his college students vaping in the classroom over smoking cigarettes anywhere. Until now, however, we have not had anyone representing the actual vaping industry on this program. But with these sorts of danger, uh, dangerous restrictions now being put in place in California and elsewhere in the country, often by Democrats, even as those same Democrats are running on health care as a right and needed to save millions of lives. Well, I'd like to hear from all voices on this matter in hopes of making some sense on what the hell is going on here, because I do not understand it. Joining me now is David Posh of Voices for Vaping, an organization which claims on their website to be, quote, bringing together Americans from all walks of life to demand access to 21st century technology that will end smoking. David previously served in a senior communications role at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, 
as a communications director in the House of Representatives and for various nonprofit organizations active in the healthcare and public health space. Uh, Mr. Posh, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you, Brad. Glad to be here. Really appreciate having you here. Uh, first off, uh, your group, Voices for Vaping, I believe, uh, you guys are based in D.C. Is it fair to say you are a lobbying organization? It's not, actually. Um, so while we are a project of the Vapor Technology Association, mm-hmm. uh, we were created by uh, the industry lobbying group. Mm-hmm. We, are, uh, we, you know, we are just a, kind of a, a vehicle, a, a place where folks from all sorts of walks of life can come together to discuss this exciting technology and how it's helped them improve their lives. Now, uh, uh, so on whose behalf you say uh, the the vapor technology? Do 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 you or do they accept money from uh, from big tobacco companies? So yeah, so we were created by the Vapor Technology Association, which represents kind of all parts of the supply chain regarding to, uh, regarding e-cigarettes. Mm-hmm. That's your local vape shops. That's the device manufacturers, the e-liquid manufacturers, and whatnot. We absolutely do not. Uh, they do not allow tobacco companies within their ranks and do not accept money from tobacco companies. Now, one of the frequent uh, critiques that, I, you know, that I see blanketing my television, David, uh, in these tons of paid-for propaganda advertisements is that e-cigarettes are actually a big hoax. They're being backed by big tobacco. It's a trick to get kids hooked on nicotine so that they will, uh, I guess, supposedly uh, turn to actual cigarettes down the road. How do, how do you respond to that and those, uh, those commercials that I'm sure everyone has seen by now on TV? You know, it's it's funny. The second part of that is always okay. So you know, they they offer this premise, as you've said, that that e-cigarettes are just some sort of a gateway. Um, And then their proposed solution is let's just get rid of them and just make sure tobacco products like cigarettes are the only ones actually available still on the the store shelves. I mean, in my you know, I have a public health background, as you just read. Mm -hmm. In my view, vapor technology, vapor products are probably the most exciting public health innovation of my lifetime. Uh, and I, I think they really do truly have the potential to end smoking as we know it. There's mm-hmm. over a billion people in the world that are addicted to cigarettes. And I think a good chunk of them can live better and healthier and longer lives with these products. And it, it, it would really be a shame uh, if based on really no science at all, other cities and states and countries uh, choose to follow the model of California and decide you know, to, to really be more hospitable to traditional cigarettes and tobacco than they are to e-cigarettes. Yeah, and that's what uh, drives me crazy about this. You know, we talk about uh, politics most often on this show. This is actually a political issue, and it's a political issue that I would think uh, Democrats should want to take note of since, and by the way, it's not all Democrats. There are some Republicans, uh, one of the sponsors of these uh, bills that are moving uh, through the Assembly. But it's a lot of Democrats who claim to be concerned about health care, who claim to want to get rid of tobacco cigarettes, uh, something that I share uh, a belief in. And then you see something like what happened in San Francisco where they ban vaping, but they allow the cigarettes to continue. Uh, how, how, how do they explain that? Have you been able to understand this, this measure that passed in San Francisco? I mean, it would almost be explainable if they banned cigarette sales as right. well, but they didn't. Yeah, I have not been able to explain it, to be quite honest with you. San Francisco is a progressive beacon for the whole country and in many ways for the whole world. As you've said, you know, the city and the state lead the, you know, lead the country in terms of access to care and access to technology. So much technology is developed uh, in the San Francisco area. And but on this one issue, you know, the mayor has chosen to make her city the 
cigarette capital of the country. And it, you know, it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever, uh, that you would, ban, you know, essentially ban, uh, the cure for one of the worst diseases and one of the biggest public health scourges in the country, um, but actually leave the the products that are so dangerous on the, on the shelves. I can't, you know, in truth, I, I wish there was a, a, such a thing as vaping when I was a kid because I cannot even imagine ever, yeah. I, even now, uh, and I still vape, I could never imagine turning back to cigarettes after becoming a vapor, which tastes better, less dangerous, it's cheaper, it doesn't make you and everybody around you stink, it doesn't have the same secondhand dangers that... Uh, uh, you know, for for others, I would never go back unless, of course, I was unable to buy uh, my my e-juice and, uh, you know, the, the devices needed for vaping. That's what I fear will happen to these kids uh, that San Francisco claims to be worried about. Are there studies that show vaping is a gateway drug, so to speak, to cigarettes? Because none of the studies I've seen uh, show any such connection. But you look at this stuff more than I do. I've never seen one either. Um, I, the idea, uh, the FDA, is, uh, you know, has put forward really without any kind of evidence behind it. That, you know, they've expressed a concern over what they call dual usage, which means that someone would essentially, you, you know, had had never used any kind of tobacco products, would start using e-cigarettes and then eventually transition to tra- to traditional combustible cigarettes. Anyone who's ever experienced these products will tell you how crazy that sounds, right? I mean, the idea, as you know, of getting used to these. Flavored products, mm-hmm. products that are much lighter, that are not, do not nearly have all the horrible effects a cigarette does. The idea that you would somehow use that and then want to transition to a gross, disgusting cigarette, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, kind of doesn't pass the smell test, and there's certainly no data to support that that's ever happening. The smell test. I see what you did there, David Posh. Uh, the um, a Juul, which is one of the largest uh, e-cigarette companies, this is not one of the mom and pop vape stores which uh, which I deal with. It's a it's a big company, and they are based apparently in San Francisco. They are moving a a ballot measure forward or trying to to try to overturn this ban. Uh, in San Francisco, uh, they say that uh, the city's ban on sales would, uh, quote, drive former adult smokers who successfully switched to vapor products back to deadly cigarettes. It would deny the opportunity to switch for current adult smokers and create a thriving black market instead of addressing the actual causes of underage access and use. But having companies like Juul, again, these big companies, not the most of the vaping that goes on, the mom and pop shops, but having companies like Juul been marketing to kids with fruity flavors and such? Have they done enough to prevent teens from starting up in the first place? Should they do more as you see it? So I think, I think marketing, first off, to answer that question directly, uh, I'll, I'll stipulate that I, I, I would never deign to speak for Juul. I don't work for them or have an affiliation with them. Um, but I, I do not believe that most of the mainstream companies you've talked about have engaged in, in marketing towards children. Uh, in any industry, you're always going to have the bad apples, right? A lot of times you see companies from overseas, um, you'll find, you know, occasionally, you know, especially older, mm-hmm. uh, some older advertisements that I would view as problematic. But I, I think you're, you're, you're correct in identifying marketing as the real answer here. I don't think products inherently are attractive to, to young people. I think if you try to market these products alongside cartoons or imagery that, that's attractive to kids, yeah, that is a problem and we should ban it. Uh, I can tell you the responsible members of the industry, including Juul, uh, have long adopted marketing standards. Uh, the Vapor Technology Association requires all of its members to adopt some pretty strict marketing standards that don't let them come anywhere near um, marketing to children. And I think that's an area uh, that e-cigarette companies should work with regulators on. That's the solution. Let's cramp down on the marketing. Let's use technology 
keep these products away, you know, away from kids. But let's not, for goodness sakes, let's not take them away from the adult smokers who need them as a way to quit cigarettes and lead healthier lifestyles. The uh, I know i got to let you go at the bottom of the hour here, so I want to try to jam in a couple of uh, quick questions here. Uh, sure. uh, Democrats, uh, I mentioned, uh, who claim to be the most interested in health care, they seem to be the ones leading the charge on this. Are you able to square the idea that uh, Democrats are making it more difficult for adults to take advantage of technology that could save literally millions of lives, millions of American lives each year, even while they're calling for health care as a universal basic right for all. Who is behind that effort? Why are Democrats uh, on seemingly on the wrong side of this issue, on the wrong side of history here? I think it's a mixed bag. I don't think this is a partisan issue necessarily. I think some of the strongest opposition has come from Republicans uh, within President Trump's uh, Food and Drug Administration. I think, you know, you, you see random Democrats and random Republicans uh, that oppose this and random Democrats and random Republicans that see the benefits and choose to support it. Uh, I think a good model to look for, if you want to see what good progressive, uh, small democratic uh, outreach uh, and acceptance of this issue looks like, is the United Kingdom. In England, they have, you know, not exactly known as a, a loose regulatory environment. Uh, they have totally embraced this. The, uh, the National Health Service literally pays for advertisements showing how many doctors recommend their patients switch to e-cigarettes as a way to quit. You have vape shops that are literally being built in public hospitals in England right now. It's a totally different approach, and I think that's the model uh, that will be, you know, progressive Democratic leaders in the United States should be looking to follow. Well, now this new measure uh, working its way through the state government here in California, this will also apply new restrictions on these, this, what I regard as life-saving technology, frankly. Uh, but for the state government, uh, it is not as draconian as what they're doing in San Francisco. This is, according to a press release, uh, this is from Assemblymember Adam Gray of Merced, Democrat. Uh, he's the chair of the Assembly Governmental Organization Committee. Uh, Assemblymember Jordan Cunningham, a Republican from San Luis Obispo. And Assemblymember Robert uh, Rivas of Hollister, also a Democrat. It would put restrictions on the pa- uh, packing and market of e-cigarettes and, among other things, restrict the availability of what they called flavored e-cigarettes. What would that measure do exactly, and would it keep me from being able to buy my e-juice through the uh, the mail? And by the way, double espresso is my favorite flavor. I can't imagine a lot of kids liking that, but maybe I'm wrong. So I think that uh, Assemblyman Gray's bill would make it a lot harder, right? So I, I personally uh, am not a fan of that bill precisely because it makes it much more difficult for adult former smokers like yourself to access these products. I think the answer lies in, in marketing standards. The answer lies in using technology. Um, we've experimented with Bluetooth geofencing when you could literally ban it because these products don't work in schools, for instance. Um, mm. Assemblyman Gray's measure, the idea of, of just saying you can't buy certain flavors, or you, you can't buy them in a, you know, in a convenience store where you'd be able to buy cigarettes. That doesn't make sense to me, and I think that's a, a step backwards for public health. Before I let you go, is there anything that you would recommend? We've got a lot of listeners in California, of course. This is coming up for a hearing on, I think, Wednesday of this week. Um, is there any uh, recommendations you have for our listeners to take action who may have loved ones who are smokers, who, who would love them to turn to this rather than dying through cigarettes? What's, what's, uh, what's your strategy uh, for folks to, uh, to, to do from here? Well, number one, for you know, if your listeners do have relatives or they themselves are addicted to cigarettes, the uh, first thing I, did, I, I would say at the very top is talk, talk to your local vape shop. Um, they're in every community. 
Um, they're important pillars and members of the community, and they're very approachable, and they can provide different solutions for you that will help you quit help you quit your terrible habit. I think that's the number one thing I'd love people to take away. Secondly, if folks want to get active um, in terms of the grassroots movement to protect these products, they can check out VoicesForVaping.com. They can follow us at Facebook.com slash VoicesForVaping or on Twitter at VoicesForVaping. And we're constantly adding engagement opportunities to ways they can stay involved and ways they can contact their members, their assemblymen and representatives in Sacramento to keep these products available for the adult smokers who need them and nobody else. David Posh is the spokesperson for Voices for Vaping. As he notes, you can find them at VoicesForVaping.com and on the Facebooks and the Twitters, both at Voices for Vaping. Uh, David, I really appreciate you joining us today. Uh, good luck with your effort, and uh, I realize it ain't a fun uh, fight to have to have, but I think, it's, uh, I think it's an important one that we need to talk about. So thanks for joining us today, David. Thanks for having me, Brad. Take care. You bet. All right, well, uh, we'll take a quick break here. I know some uh, folks want to get in on this uh, conversation. I'm willing to talk, as I mentioned, of on about anything that I uh, discussed at the top of this show or about vaping. I know this is not the most fun topic to discuss. I just happen to think it's important. I just happen to think if we have an opportunity to literally save the lives of half a million Americans each year, we ought to take it rather than working against it, as they're doing in San Francisco and now potentially across the entire state of California. This drives me absolutely nuts. It doesn't get a lot of airtime in the Trump era, so we try to sneak it in when we can. Our phone number is 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Uh, we'll also get back to politics and much more after this. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is your Bradcast. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. Right here at the Gates of Hell at the uh, beautiful KPFK studios in lovely North Hollywood or somewhere thereabouts. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, Eric Swalwell, it turns out, is backing down. I'll try to get to that in a moment. Uh, but, Des, you wanted to jump in here with a, a thought before I get to some of these uh, phone calls on this? Yeah. I mean, I uh, in, in knowing you and seeing how you yeah. had quit smoking immediately after yeah. trying these uh, the vaping yeah. uh, and 
also knowing other people who have done so as well, who have quit smoking cigarettes in favor of vaping. Um, You know, what I think is behind most of these ordinances and laws and rules and regulations to restrict vaping is that people may think that they're striking at big tobacco, but not really. They're actually hitting smokers who are trying to quit cigarettes. Yeah, good point. You know, and it's important for people to understand that the mechanism is different. Smoking is not vaping. Yep. Vaping is not smoking. They're yep. different things, and they have a different. Uh, they're they're both nicotine delivery systems, but so are nicotine patches yep. and nicotine gums. Yep. And that's what vaping is most. Nicotine patches, to. nicotine gums, and by the way, nicotine vaporizers, all of which are sold by Big Pharma. Big Pharma gives millions, billions of dollars to politicians. Uh, Democrats and Republicans alike, as far as I know. I know I'm not saying that's why the Democrats are doing this, but I don't know why they are doing this. Let me uh, take some quick calls on this uh, before we turn back to politics, although this is politics, and frankly, this is uh, saving people's lives. Uh, Peter in Los Angeles, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad. Thank hey. you for having me on. Sure. So I am concerned because I've worked in the field of addiction for about 15 years. Yeah. And uh, I'm a hypnotherapist, so I'm not a you know traditional. I'm your sort of rebel therapist. Yeah. But in working with, say, cigarette addiction, it was actually relatively easy to get people to stop smoking if they were willing to. So I've gone, you know, these 12 years, let's say, being able to get people, at least about 80, 90% of the people that come to me, as permanent ex-smokers. Yeah. Now this vaping thing has come along, and I'm finding my clients are reporting that they're actually ingesting more nicotine than they ever have. Yeah. And what's and that. The, and what's the problem with that, they, Peter? Because they don't like it. They don't like the feeling of it. They don't like how their body is. They don't like hmm. how their body is taking in all these chemicals. And you're 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 putting chemicals in your body that aren't naturally good for your body. So. And they're more because they're becoming even more reliant upon the tool. In fact, I once had a client walk about a mile in a blizzard to get a cigarette. Yeah. And now that same behavior is happening with the tool. Sure, but so Peter, let me ask you: Are you uh, do, do you drink coffee? I don't. No. Oh, okay. So, but we, so you. What I'm concerned about, Brad, is that there's becoming an even higher level of addiction. And that they are becoming even more reliant on something. And what I found is that most people that have a cigarette and vaping issue, nicotine, in my experience with my practice, mm-hmm. is worse than heroin. When it, It's the number one emotional suppressant. And when we get people to be real with their emotions yeah. and really talk about whatever traumas, whatever issues, anxieties that they've actually gone through, yeah. then they don't need the nicotine. They don't need the cigarettes. Okay. And I'm just seeing... And, and, what, what, and what if people like me... What if people like me actually enjoy the nicotine? It's not deadly. It doesn't kill you. It's kind of like uh, caffeine. What's the problem with that? You know, I, I, I again, legally, I don't think... You know, I was on CNN talking about uh, how marijuana should be legal and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I believe people should be able to make their own rights, but I, I don't believe that this is a good thing and something that should be encouraged. Hmm. Okay. So in fact, I see a very negative play on it altogether. How about we wait? And, how about how about we wait until since uh, smoking uh, uh, rates, actually smoking cigarette rates are plummeting? Why don't we wait until we get rid of all the cigarettes and then we can worry about whether we should get rid of the devices that help people quit smoking? 
I'd rather have people play and pay attention to their emotions, actually do stuff about dealing with the emotions that are causing the need to medicate themselves and get rid of the cigarettes and the vaping at the same time. Thank you, Peter. I appreciate that thought. I'm not sure uh, how realistic ultimately it is, given the number of people who are actually killed dead by cigarettes. But I hear you and I appreciate the call. Karen in Costa Mesa. Hey, Karen, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, how are you doing? I'm okay. The idea that that nicotine is somehow healthful, and you're selling this idea that vaping is going to save people's lives. Correct. Where's the science in that? Where's the science in that? Yeah, can you name any uh, medical association that stands behind that concept? Sure. Oh, yeah, tons of them. I, and I uh, mentioned one in the introduction here, the uh, Royal uh, UK's Royal College well, of Physicians. Well, no, they don't actually endorse uh, vaping or, or nicotine use. Actually, they do. Actually, they do. Well, uh, I'd love to see where you found that information because it's not real. Oh, so well, actually, it, it is real, Karen, and I understand you might not uh, care for the idea of vaping, uh, but the science, if you care about science, and I hear from, you know, Democrats all the time talking about, you know, Donald Trump, he's an anti-science, uh, you know, he's a science denier. Well, the science uh, says that I- vaping is 95 percent safer uh, than smoking cigarettes, and that's because they don't say 100% safer uh, for anything, but it's as safe as you can get compared to cigarettes, according to the UK's Royal College of Physicians, and I could give you all kinds of other people as well. It's a huge, huge leap there to say I'm a Democrat or have something to do with Donald Trump or anything. It's not a political issue. It's a health issue that I'm talking about. Right. And it's not good for people. It's not helpful. Well, no. that is, is, is false. Okay, so and and you're basing your science on who exactly? Because I gave you one uh, institution there, and I've got others uh, that I, I just. Nicotine is a known poison. Okay, it's so you. Yeah. So well, so is caffeine. So is you know, there's nicotine in tomatoes. Should we not have? Uh, nic- Don't jump to a different subject. Stay on the topic. Nicotine is not good for people. And to sell that it's good for people is incorrect. It's not true. So should we ban alcohol? Probably. That's not good for you either. Okay. I'm not saying that I'm going to enforce that. I'm just saying for you to sell nicotine as a good thing for people is not honest. I don't think I sold it as a good thing for people. I pointed out that the nicotine is not what kills you in cigarettes. It's all the other crap. And if we can do away with all of the other crap and save a few million lives while we're doing it, that sounds like win-win to me. You have no idea what's in there today. Okay. Uh, Your concerns are fair enough. I happen to know who it is that I buy my juice from, so I don't have those concerns. But, uh, you know, fair enough. You don't know what oils or chemicals are added in to make those flavors. True. Do you buy any any food from a grocery store, Karen? We're talking about nicotine. Do you buy any food? Well, if you're using the argument that we don't know what's in the things that we purchase at a store, then I assume you grow all of your own food, make all of uh, everything that you eat, and that, uh, you know, you're not taking a chance that somebody's putting something in there you don't like. Again, you make leaps off topic. Okay. So if we're talking about vaping, and we don't really know what's the added chemicals 
or the long-term... No, no, we do know what the added chemicals are. Maybe someone's sneaking something poisonous in there, but that wouldn't make much sense. Uh, Right now, we do know what is in uh, the the juice, at least the juice that I buy, and uh, it is saving lives. So, Karen, that's what the science says. That's, that, it's not saving lives at all. Okay. It may get people off smoking to a new habit. That's all that it really does. A new habit that doesn't kill you. Thanks, Karen. I do appreciate your, your, your thoughts here and, and your call. I just happen to disagree with you. Uh, okay, let me... Uh, okay, I'll do one more here before I... I was trying to get back to politics, but all right, Sasha in L.A. Welcome to the broadcast, Sasha. Hey, good. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I'm right on the same page with you there about vaping. I quit smoking about 20 years ago, so I had no need to try to get any device to help me quit smoking. Mm. I I took up vaping because I go, oh, this is delicious when I walked into a vape shop. (laughs) It is. Tried about 30 different flavors for two hours. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I just have to keep doing this. (laughs) Well, you know what? It is delicious, and a lot of people who uh, vape uh, vape juice that has zero nicotine in it. And you can decrease, you can control how much nicotine is or isn't in your juice. Uh, So it is a lifesaver. So the, nic- the nicotine thing is, you know, if, if nicotine's an issue, then it can help you wean yourself off and you can control the exact amount that you're intaking every day. Yep. The, uh, the only issue is um, uh, the, the flavorants are intended for ingestion, not, re- you know, not through the lungs. And so they may have, a, you know, unintended effects on the lungs. But the, the uh, glycerin... The uh, propylene glycol, that's something I wouldn't necessarily say is good for us, but uh, those things, we know what those are, and the mm-hmm. flavorants, that can be many things. So the problem is after doing this heavily for over three years, I kind of go, yeah, it's not helping me, so I just basically dropped it like yeah. a rock. Well, well good. It, it wasn't a big deal. It was like a few days, and I was over the effects of feeling like a missing nicotine. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, I uh, no, I hear you, and and that's good, and that's what people can do. And uh, right. you know, uh, by the way, if propylene glycol is a problem, they should stop putting it in things like chapstick and uh, moisturizer that you put on your face and on your lips if it is in fact uh, dangerous. And you're right; we right. might find out down down the road with uh, you know longitudinal studies that there's some danger right now that is not what the science says the science says quite the opposite way so, best, way yeah. better than all of the commercial cigarette additives yep. which number in the hundreds yep and so thousands absolutely makes it addictive on purpose yep thousands and they make it addictive on purpose and uh the burning uh creates all of these chemicals that just doesn't happen in vaping carbon monoxide which is absolutely deadly and carcinogenic yep and tar and yep yeah and i can tell you i had an experience the other day where uh or a few weeks ago where uh, my uh battery on my vape looked like it was going to run out and i was nowhere near home and i thought oh no what am i going to do oh if i can't you know find a, a a vape or someplace to plug in I'd have to go back to cigarettes, which is the last thing I'd want to do. Sasha, I got a bunch more calls. I'm going to let you go. I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Um, Let me, you know what? Let's, everything is, I knew, you know what? I knew people would want to call in on this. I got all of this politics stuff. I'm ready to go with Des, but 
Well, it's yeah. helpful, I hope, at least for listeners to have an idea about what this specific issue is about and what the differences are between vaping versus smoking and, and get more information to when this comes to their own well, I will tell you city whenever, that they can understand what, what it means. And whenever we have covered this, I will tell you that I have heard from people for months thereafter thanking me for covering this, that they ended up, they stopped smoking, uh, they were able to go to, uh, to vaping uh, like immediately after hearing about this, or they had family members they were able to help do it. So yeah, um, and yeah. and again, remember the 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 British uh, health industry. Uh, those studies all say it's a ninety five percent harm reduction. Granted, nobody is saying, hey, this is fantastic. Everybody should try it. They're basically saying. This is a harm reduction. If you're in this place, if you're a smoker, this is a 95% harm reduction. I think that that's a big deal, and people should know about that. Let me take a quick break, and we will come back with uh, more calls and, yes, some political stories I'm going to try to fit in here in the few minutes we have left. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is The Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter, and we do it all independently without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Stevie Wonder for you. There's a reason we're playing that. So let me try to catch up with everything I can. First, okay, Eric Swalwell uh, of California, congressman from Swalwell, he announced on Monday that he is ending his 2020 presidential bid. He is out. Uh, during the first debate, you may remember Swalwell as the one who uh, took a shot at Vice President Joe Biden, saying that he should pass the torch to a new generation of leadership. Swalwell is 38 years old. Uh, he's going to is uh, announced that he will instead be running for a fifth term for congressman. He's the uh, first major Democratic candidate to drop out from this uh, huge field of Democrats, more than 20. But while that field is getting smaller today, it also may be getting larger because billionaire environmentalist uh, activist and uh, Tom Steyer, who has spent millions on his TV campaign calling for Trump to be impeached, he's reportedly considering getting into the race. Uh, and while I think there are plenty to choose from, frankly, already having someone hammering on impeachment in the group might not be a bad thing after all, uh, as well as another candidate along with Washington State Governor Jay Inslee, and we'll see how long he can last, uh, who is focused on issues regarding our climate crisis. Um, some, well, I'll get to the uh, other things, I guess, on tomorrow's thrilling broadcast. But as far as Stevie Wonder goes, I just got to give you this very quickly. Uh, last week on one of our shows, uh, we shared an example of some very, very poor writing at CNN, CNN.com, from a story on Trump's plans to have tanks at the uh, 4th of July celebration that he threw for himself last week at the Lincoln Memorial. The uh, story before the event over at CNN discussed his plans for these tanks uh, as part of the celebration, which read, as I shared at the time last week, quote, 
Trump later confirmed tanks would be present during remarks in the Oval Office. Which you can think about and uh, decide for yourself how many tanks they could actually fit inside the Oval Office. But uh, I mention it again today because of this story about Stevie Wonder, who has announced that he's going to have a kidney transplant in September. He says he has a donor. He says he's going to be fine. Uh, we hope so. Um, but once again, bad writing at CNN. Their headline, quote, Stevie Wonder announces he'll be having kidney surgery during London concert. So I'd like to get some tickets to that concert. Anyway, back to our phones on anything you want to talk about. 818-985-5735. Uh, let me go to, oh, we got, we got several different bills here. Which one do I go to? Let me go to Bill in Lake Elsinore. Hey, Bill, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hi, Brad. How you doing? I'm okay. How are you, Bill? Great topic. For 40 years, I smoked four packs a day, but I cut it in half. Yeah. And, yeah, and my lung feels great. Now, so what you mean? You cut it in half, so now you smoke two packs a day? And my lung feels great. Yeah, well, you know, if you tried <laughs> vaping, your lungs would feel even better, Bill. Lung, I got a lung removed. Oh, my God. Oh, you cut your lungs in half. I cut the smoking in half, so my lung feels great, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> do you, yeah. Okay, that's it. All right, thanks, Bill. Uh, I, I don't know what he meant or not, but we'll we'll just go with it. Uh, some uh, folks from the Facebooks who are yelling at me. Uh, let's see. Claudia G says, uh, you sound like a nicotine junkie, says Claudia, who is correct about that. I am a nicotine junkie. She says, uh, I quit smoking without vaping. So stop crying. All right. Uh, okay. I, I guess we should all do it the way Claudia wants us to, you know. Uh, I don't know how Claudia did quit. Maybe she just stopped doing it. Uh, but I do know there's a billions, a uh, billion dollar industry out there from uh, Big Pharma selling nicotine patches, nicotine inhalers, uh, all sorts of nicotine gums. You see them every day. There is no apparently. Those are just fine. They're not banning those in San Francisco. I don't get it. I don't get it. Why, the, why they would want to make it harder for people to save their lives. And, yes, they are not banning cigarettes. Uh, let's go to, uh, oh, good, we'll get in Morris. Give him a, a little more than a second or two. Hey, Morris uh, from Long Beach, welcome to the broadcast, my friend. Brad, I, I love you, Brad. I don't know why all these other folks don't have the same spirit towards you. They don't uh, care for me. They don't care. To your attention. Yeah. Uh, you, you got a guy named Anthony Rendon. The pharmaceutical industry paid him $700,000 not to allow the state legislature here in California yeah. to vote on giving everybody universal health care. Now, that was a Democrat. And it reminds me of something that uh, Jimmy Dore once had. I called him Jimmy Doe. But Jimmy Dore, <laughs> he said that the Democratic Party is paid to lose. And after I watched our president commit treason right in front of all of us, I'm scratching my head wondering if this guy's out on the money. And before I am, Brad, I want to... Well, well, let out. me ask you more. more where, did, uh, where, did, where did our president commit treason? Where are you talking about? Uh, uh, let me see. What was this when he said that the FBI director was wrong? 
Oh, my God. I don't have my notebook in front all of right. me, Brad. I hate to speak all about something. No, that's all right. I appreciate that. Get your treason notebook uh, ready uh, last time, uh, well, yeah, next Donald time. Donald Trump but... is straight up guilty of treason, and so right. is members of his family. All right. uh, but I want to I leave you with this that I think is even more important than that, that family that we all know is a criminal organization. Uh, I want to direct my attention to those rabbis that were arrested and went to jail, speaking up for those kids that are caged like chickens being sold for food. All right, they went down and they got busted. They got criminal records now, Brad. Yep. They're my kind of people. That's why I want to be one of them. All I, right. I hear you, Morris. Thanks, man. I do appreciate that. Yeah, that was a, a Jewish group who went down there and said, when we, when we said never forget, we meant never forget, even when, yes, the concentration camps are in our own country in the U.S. Uh, do we have time for one more here? Let's see if we can sneak in. Sean from Riverside. Hey, Sean, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, hello, yeah. Uh, long time listener, sponsor, what have you. Okay, uh, thank you, sir. Also, fellow vapor smoker, what have you. That's the spirit. Um, um, it's something I've heard little to nothing discussed, and even on NPR or KPFK, is what exactly are we stuck with if Donald Trump were to actually be impeached? We have to deal with Mike Pence as right. the president. Right. Which is horrific. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But uh, as far as I know, Mike Pence has not violated the Constitution. He has not done any. Well, well, and and if he does, then he needs to be impeached next. I have no problem impeaching the entire goddamn cabinet if necessary when you break the laws, violate the Constitution. Well, because he already openly said with his own little clan, his little uh, gatherings, that he wants to alter the Constitution for making abortion uh, illegal across the nation and so forth. And Well, altering the Constitution is not illegal. That's how the Constitution works. If you can get an amendment into the Constitution, then so be it, right? Well, that's one thing, but if, if, one thing for an amendment, but if he wants to try to rewrite it with the help of uh, Brett Kavanaugh, ah. uh, that would be different. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a different, that would be a problem. I would have a problem with that uh, from our, uh, but I wouldn't put it past, our stolen U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, thanks, Sean. I do appreciate yeah, that call. Uh, just one last thing. Yeah. Uh, he, Mike Pence is the one who got Brett Kavanaugh into office, into how, the Supreme Court justice. How so? He was the final vote. He was the Mike Pence was the final, ah. final factor vote to get him in. I see. Okay. Well, it was, except was it tied? I don't think it was tied. I, th- I think it, it, the, he, Mike Pence flipped the tide. What was it? I can't even remember now. That yeah, seems a thousand years ago. Brad right. Kavanaugh can get in. All right. Well, I don't like him, but that's not an, imp- an impeachable <laughs> offense. So, uh, no, b- but like uh, listen. Radar open. Oh, yeah. And give him time. <laughs> Once he became president, I give him about two minutes before he starts uh, committing impeachable offenses and three minutes before the Democrats tell us why they can't possibly impeach him. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. I appreciate the call. Uh, and I appreciate the calls from everyone who uh, called in and tweeted in and Facebooked in. Whether you agreed with me or not on any of this, I don't care. I'm about democracy. I love to hear from folks who uh, agree with me and who don't dis- uh, who don't agree with me, who disagree. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. Uh, I wish I knew what I was saying. I had a whole bunch of stuff that I was planning to cover on today's thrilling broadcast. I guess that's going to have to wait until tomorrow's thrilling broadcast. Uh, until then, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my 
uh, board operator D'Angelo Jones, to my guest today, David Posh of VoicesForVaping.com, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. Missed any portion of today's program? Download it for free at bradblog.com. Thanks to those who support us at bradblog.com donate. You can drop me email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Bradblog. That's it. Until we meet again tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Whoa!